You're listening to the Potato Candy Network. Do you want to be like Zac Efron? Of course not. The guy's rich and famous, but he doesn't listen to the Potato Candy Network. You want to be more like Carla. Carla is a ginger who makes amazing cupcakes and hilarious Facebook videos. But most importantly, she's a contributor to the Potato Candy Network via Patreon. As a patron, she gets things, like being featured on this PSA, and unfulfilled promises of more content once we meet our financial goals. If you'd like to be a contributor, then follow the link in the show notes below and sign up for our Patreon now. And be like Carla, and not like Zac Efron, who hasn't even heard of the Potato Candy Network. Yet. Just turn Sasquatch into a meme, and his meme will be Sasquatch. I want to see Sasquatch. Your profile photo. I will change my profile picture if someone will draw Sasquatch as a yuppie. <laughs> I will change my I will change my Facebook profile or my 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 Twitter profile picture to that. Hello and welcome to the blank scenario where we come up with a scenario blank and fast. I am Marie, aka Queen in Yellow. I am Emily, aka Darkling. I am Casey, aka Grumpy Elf. I am Sir Sasquatch, aka Isaac. And Mr. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. You want to make that a thing? <laughs> I do. It is a thing. It it's, it's true. <laughs> Internet culture will take over no matter what you do. Just let's, accept it. Let's accept let the it. Fans decide. Accept it. Fans, decide correctly. He is Sasquatch. <laughs> and I will fire every single one of you fans. I'm going to point out, Sasquatch has been wrong before. We almost weren't potato candy. I mean... I don't even remember what the original idea was. you figure out what it really is, it's, it not, as, it's not as bad. Sasquatch <laughs> PR. Hey, Sasquatch like PR wouldn't still, have been such a bad idea. But anyway, <laughs> That's a different enough about show. me. Let's talk about not me. <laughs> so this week, Casey has the inspiration... I do. So there's a mythical beast Mm. hanging out in the forest. Is it a Sasquatch? It is a Sasquatch. No. (laughs) What? (laughs) Isn't that where you hang out all the time? (laughs) Yes. Maybe. Technically, his beard is the forest. So my inspiration this week comes from... (laughs) My inspiration this week actually comes from a Facebook post that I saw that was pointing out a headcanon that they had... What? I I was writing down mythical beast. I wrote down mythical beard. (laughs) (laughs) New blank scenario one. New network name. (laughs) Mythical beard. Mm -hmm. Truth. Anyway, so Uh, so I saw I saw a Facebook post that was a joke on the the stores of Joanne's and Michaels that in their mind they loved the headcanon of once upon a time Joanne and Michael were a married couple who got into it over how a store should be run. And so they split into opposing stores Mm -hmm. to create the best possible result for those stores. And I loved that idea of what if the PCs come upon this town where there are competing stores on opposite ends of the town and one is run by a man and one is run by a woman. They used to be married but they're constantly in fights, like launching things at one another across the street and go. Because from there, I don't know what all we would want to do with the story, whether it would be like settling the dispute or whether it would be bringing one of them to the top or whether it would be something the town was looking for help with, however you'd want to do it. But whatever it is, 
our our scenario, our starter is we have two stores in the same town that are across the street from one another that are run by ex husband and wife that are in competition with one another to create the best store. Well, I don't know about you, but me personally, I would come in and build a corridor of stalls betwixt the two stores, and I would call it the lobby of hobbies, and then I would just combine the best of both worlds and, you know. <laughs> Put them both out of business. What exactly. if the lobby of hobbies is the group that hired you to come in and <laughs> fix this? It's an underground black market. They sell the best of both worlds. It's like, you don't have to walk from one to the other. Oh, you don't like what Michael had at his store? Well, as you're walking over Joanne's, you happen to find the exact thing you're searching for. Fantastic. Okay, so for our st- for our starter... Uh, oh, man. It's been so long since we've recorded these. I'm trying to remember where we go with this. Okay, I got a I list. Just initial inspiration. So that's, our, that's my initial okay. starter. What do you guys think? I like the idea of having... You have to get something from them. But in order to do so, either you have to get something, like you have to go to each one and convince the other person to give you the item to give to someone else. Almost like right. you go to Michael's, you need the thing, he'll get it if you go to his ex-wife and get this thing from the store. It's like the you go there, parents. Yeah, you get that. To get that thing, you have to get this other thing. So you basically have this fetch quest going on. But you have to bounce back and forth between diploma- diplomacy, between the NPCs. Because you don't want to tick either one off, but you have to be careful not to choose sides. So you basically are doing fetch quests for them. And it could potentially be as well, you're doing it for, you're working for both, but you have to hide it from them. You can't let Michael find out you're doing a job for Joanne. Otherwise, you'll never be hired by him and you can't get that one item you need. Okay, let me ask this, because I think this bears asking. I would love to see this be a comedic thing that's a joke, but this also could be done very well serious form a la Mm -hmm. fistful of dollars and also last man standing style where you've got the two opposing gangs would you guys have a preference on serious versus funny i don't think we ever do i think it's just whatever story seed we end up finding most intriguing Mm -hmm. (laughs) anytime you ask it that it's like well we could do either and we almost we typically end up serious but i think that's because that story hook tends to be most interesting except for barrel caskets that may be more of a flavor thing at the end where it's like if you would run the series or run it funny i know which way my brain's going could you have a fetch quest be find me this cow why just find this cow and the goal and like okay now take it and put it in their um office upstairs and basically just pull start like they pull pranks on the other person I was going to say, is this a prank war? <laughs> it could be. That sounds pretty good. Because if it wasn't a prank war, my... Um, I mean, we ha- we already have... I think we've established the Who, which is Michael yeah. and Joanne, so... Do we want to keep those names? I think for now it would yeah. work. Unless you want to do, like... They're generic enough names. Michelle and Ojo. I don't yeah. know. I would keep Michael's and Joanne. There's okay. a store called Joanne's, right? Yes. Yeah, because that's yes. why this works it's for me. The there's craft a store, that's store why called Michael's, and there's a store called Joanne's. They are both exactly. craft stores. Which is so. why I said there'd be a lobby betwixt the two of them that was hobby filled lobby. with hobbies. Ah. So, oh. hobby, hobby lobby. We are in the south, so there all the stories you guys have up north we don't know about. Sorry. What about, um, what if Michael and Joanne, they have an adult child that's moved off and is trying to... Uh, he successfully started his own business, and he sees that if his parents were to come back and join forces, they could actually exponentially improve and expand their businesses by joining forces as opposed to being separate. So You have to sabotage both. Becoming Michael and Joanne's Hobby Lobby. Mm-hmm. Don't know. 
Michael and Joanne's hobby store. I don't know. Something Hobby Lobby is the third party that's hired you to come in and destroy them both. That's not a bad idea, but that kind of destroys the whole idea of Hobby Lobby. That could be interesting, though, if both of the, if Michael and Joanne both have really well-functioning stores and you have this other group that's looking to bring you in and torpedo them, that introduces a third entity into this that I'm going to lock that in third entity into this that's trying to tear the two of them apart so the what for you would be destruction of the two stores by bringing in a third entity correct i think both stores are functioning in the town they're managing and i think it would be interesting to have a third store coming in or a third party coming in somehow that is trying to tear down both stores for their own benefit because then then you have a really interesting story of the PCs stuck not in between this these two, but like almost a love triangle, which mm. fits back in with our original theming. Mm-hmm. I, I do mean. like it then too, because potentially the reason some of the, t- the political or diplomacy would come in that if they figure out that you're working for a third party, they would join forces together against you. So you have to make sure that they do not get along still. So you have to go after them both. And make it think that it's each other when really you're working for a third party. That would be interesting. This could work for pretty much anything, though. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily have to keep the names. You could change it up to anything. Oh, yeah. So try to destroy these two businesses by putting them at each other's throats. I definitely would have these be your general store in town. That the town has the two general stores. So people always go to them. And, you know, they're constantly fighting. And a town may know about but be, eh, they if one doesn't have it the other one does if they both have it you just buy from whoever you know it, it keeps us in stock okay but this the censure is they don't have a single patron that doesn't favor both stores mm-hmm. somebody's like oh I, I buy my stock from here and i buy my shoes from here it's perfect i can get everything i need from two different stores but the only people that hate the store owner's guts are the exes like yep. everybody else in town is like, hey, yeah, I'm going down to Michael's. He's got a really good deal running today. And then I'll go to Joanne's later because stuff Just and things. Don't say it in front of Michael. <laughs> no, they, they kind of know unless they want to get a big fight down at the tavern later in the day. It's like, ah, I'm bored. I think I'll ruffle Joanne's feathers and tell her something Michael might have said previously that he said today. All uh-huh. the jokes that come off of that. Why would you go into her store and ruffle her feathers? Like Those are there for purchase. Why ruffle the feathers? There's no point. <laughs> But I would love to throw some serious shade in this one and have the third party, instead of being Hobby Lobby, it's Walden Mart. <laughs> oh, that'd be the, that um, is trying Uber to do General the store. best of both of them. The no. true, Yeah, the true General yep. Store. General Wal- Walden, the true General Store. General Walden? Ooh. <laughs> General Walden's Imports, or General Wally's Imports. I General like Wally's Imports, I like that too. That's good. So the question then is, your PCs are hired to take down these stores... I'm guessing this is going more than just send the pyromaniacs and have them burn it down. No, it has to be subtle. It has to so, be. So, yeah, it needs to be. I'm going to lock in that you are hired specifically to make it look like they have destroyed each other. Yeah. Third party wants nothing to do with it. They are completely in the shadows. Your job is to make them destroy each other by pit- pitting them against each other. Because they're a staple in the town, and the town would not be happy if you took out either of them. Yep. But if they take each other out then third party can come in and it's perfectly fine because they did to themselves what if it's going to be a general store i for some reason have to have a race associated with who these characters are going to be if i'm going to portray them or make them in the world so what i'm going to do is take a dice 
I want them to be dwarves. I was thinking that. I want them to I want them to be dwarves. I want them to have tempers. I want them to pretty much be the exact same character except one is male and mm-hmm. one is female biologically. Um so that this little war is going on that gives me something to work with and it gives kind of a hodgepodge maybe in the town but needs to be dwarves i want it to be dwarves yeah, yeah. i like it uh, that's this is what where i, I point out if they're this if they're basically the same person that explains why they got divorced yeah because <laughs> they would uh-huh. not like eight personalities don't yeah. marry. <laughs> i would love to see it be where their stores are basically the same thing even their prices are basically the yes. same the only difference is that they have a bar in the back and each of them sells essentially the same drink with different ingredients that the guy is like well it just needs a little bit of spice in it and the girl is like it just needs to be a little bit more lavender with some kick and that's that's maybe why they split up was they couldn't agree on the recipe yeah it's coke versus dr pepper basically no it's (laughs) coke versus pepsi versus pepsi oh Uh, potato candy network is not sponsored or endorsed by coke or pepsi but or if you would like to sponsor or any of these brands soda? right right none <laughs> of these brands that we are currently throwing shade at uh. have supported us although if you'd like to support us we will ensure that your company wins in our game that actually that might be something that you could use to help play one against the other is let's say that really is the only difference in between these two stores is how that it, it doesn't have to be a brew but Let's just say it is a brew mm-hmm. that two subtle differences are for whatever the entire thing's propping up their store. And if you could destroy both of those and frame the other two, that would give you the exact objective to be pursuing. Mm-hmm. Um, so would that maybe that special item defacing it for both of them? Would that be mm. would that be something to lock in? Emily's grabbing a dice. Well, um, um, just finish your thought because I'm skipping to why. You so want to make it a MacGuffin? The- the specific task yeah. is go after the drinks because if you go after that, they will destroy each other. Get each one to contract you to destroy the other one's brew, mm. but don't let on that that's what you did. So that way they go after each other in the end. I like that, especially if you have the idea that they are exactly the same mm-hmm. except for that one item. Yeah. Because then that is the one thing that's keeping them kind of there. So if you convince Michael that Joanne has somehow ruined his drink or has released his recipe, then he'll just all out war at that point and same with joanne's it's like he has told everyone what the special ingredient is no idea what the special ingredient is but you may have to prove what it is which means you might be sneaking around to find stuff or you might trying to be actually getting someone to poison a drink all right i'm gonna i'm gonna come back to this immediately after darkling gets her point in which one you locking in i'm locking in why the point of this whole thing that's going on, the turning point is that a, if we're going, I like the idea of the drinks. What locks it in is that there is a brewer coming in with a contract. He's wanting to make it, he's wanting to buy the recipe. Oh. But the recipe's identical, except for a few things. And he's going to give the contract because there is a challenge. He's saying, well, if you say you have the better drink, let's prove it. Bring me your best. And I will award the contract to the person that has the best. So now this cutthroat war has started, and this new person that's just come in, whomever, if we're still locked in on the third party, I don't know that we locked that in. We did. Mm -hmm. Okay, the third party is the person that actually brought up the idea of bringing in the manufacturer, the, the guy to lock in this whole deal of buying the contract. They're bringing in because they're like, oh, I definitely have the best product. They essentially have the same thing. I'll bring in something Mm -hmm. new and different. But 
he doesn't have the people's heart. And so he's bringing in this product. He's like, eh, it's okay. It's good. It's divided. So here's, I'm going to back up a step and then I'm going to add on to yours. Cause I got something that, that I think will take that to another level. So for the, the really cool thing about this is if we're trying to sabotage the drinks, if you leave it at that as a GM, that leaves so much open for the PCs to figure out how mm-hmm. they want to do it. Whether it would be swapping the drinks out or poisoning one of them, Ooh. depending upon if you're an evil party, mm-hmm. or convincing some of the people that are at the bar there to drink the other drink somehow. However you want to do it, or even marketing, <laughs> if you Coke, wanted to get into it. A Coke versus Pepsi taste test. I mean, new Coke. Yeah. Throw in that, that little assumption into there. But yeah, the subtlety of just saying go sabotage it is perfect for a party. But I will add on to yours, rather than making the third party be the one coming in for the competition, keeping it as an evil third group, a third store that wants to take control, still have somebody come into town, somebody that's a baron somewhere that is having a daughter that is getting married and he needs the perfect brew for that wedding to celebrate that wedding. And the only way to find the perfect brew, because he's been told that if he wants to find it, it's in this town, is one of these groups. So he's going to have a competition. So now you've added in a timing aspect that they are locked into an amount of time. If the PCs do nothing, then this competition will go on as is and whoever wins, wins. Mm -hmm. If the PCs get involved and try to work with one of the specific parties here, they can influence it and make it work out for the best. And then depending upon the choices they make, if they choose Joanne, she can absolutely win. The other two could be taken down. If they choose Michael, Michael might choose to side with with Wally. If they choose Wally, Michael and Joanne may end up shutting down and leaving the town. There's all these different aspects of what you can do with this storyline-wise, even in the short term, that would take this to a whole nother level. Introducing it... I'm, can I lock that in? Yeah. I'm going to lock it mm-hmm. in. Yeah, yeah. It's a competition to find the best beer time limit that they have to get this done by. So if your PCs don't do anything before the contest, one of the stores is going to get that contract and your third party you're hired by can't move in. Correct. So either you side with the third party and destroy them before the contest or you side with one of Michael's slash Joanne and get them to win the contest. Because presumably by the end of this, there should be one store in town. The cool thing about this is that if you set it up that way, all three of them could come to your party and say, help me win. <laughs> Both might, You get letters from Michael's, get a letter from Joanne's, get a little letter from Wally saying, hey, we want control of this town's infra- or, um, economy. Here's what you got to do. Here's what you I get out of it. I love this so much. So if your players are real clever, they could play all three of them, but the odds are they're not going to manage it. Which is why it's brilliant. Yeah, I love I love games like this as a GM where you have a, a world that is established that things are going to happen, whether or not the PCs get involved. But if they choose to get involved, oh, things are going to get interesting. Um, for the last point that I would love to lock in, Michael and Joanne's have contrived this in order to make them like both successful. They got divorced because they just couldn't run business together. They ran it separately, but they found that they had better business if they had a rivalry going. So you've seen all of um, <laughs> Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. You remember the second dimension where Doofenshmirtz is released? Is that the one where they did a movie? 
No. They, they did the movie for it, but they went back to the second dimension. Uh-huh. The one I'm referring to, is they go back to the second dimension, Deven Smurts has been, quote unquote, released because there's a more evil one and it's his ex-wife. You find uh-huh. out that he and his ex have pretended to be divorced because they got some, they got double all of the stuff. Then also, if someone went after one, they would have got the other so they could break the other person out of prison. Basically, it was all a scheme. Act divorced so people don't suspect you working together so you can work together behind the scenes. I don't remember that episode, but I like that idea. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea that Michael Jans, even if they are divorced because they just can't work together, they get more business by acting like rivals than they would working together. Yeah. So that- if they do catch wind that your NPCs are working for someone else, they will take them down. And as a combined force, they win. So even if one of them wins a contest... They may not shut down the other store. I like this idea. Because uh, if you uncover that as a player, then that makes this whole new like level of plot that they can mm-hmm. operate with. And if they don't discover it, then it's no skin off their back mm-hmm. until they come back to town a couple of years later. And yeah. find out they're both still there, even though Michael won the contest. Why is he still here? Mm-hmm. Also, it'd be interesting because that could be blackmail even for the third party. That we're uh, going to tell people that you guys have been lying to them. If you have a really, really evil party, it's like, this is blackmail now. <laughs> Nobody else around this table has played Stardew Valley. But that, that, would, be, that would be Jojo Mart. That they, oh, are, yeah. they, are the, they are the Wally world of this group. That they're trying to come in and take over the town. And basically the setup they give you at the beginning of that is if you purchase the membership to Jojo Mart to get everything basically for free there. Uh-huh. The the town as itself starts to die off because it loses its community center, which was the one important thing that they had where they all gathered together. Or you can choose to go to the community center and start building that back up by going and exploring and finding all of these items and building that up. And by the time you get that done, Jojo Mart shuts down in town. Uh But that takes you like most of the game to do. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So whether you want to play it easy mode or hard mode. I think we have a pretty, pretty solid world built. So it seems like the major elements would be just figuring out how to hire your PCs and who specifically you want to hire them and then setting them into town and just seeing what they do because you know you've got your deadline of the drink contest. Mm -hmm. So I would say probably within, by the time the PCs get to town, they have a week until this contest. And that's their deadline from the third party company at least. So the Walmart-based company says you got a week to the contest, that's your timeline or we don't pay you. And then Hobby Lobby, not Hobby Lobby, Michaels and Joanne's could be whatever it was. Yeah, It could just be help us destroy them kind of thing. Which, if they're secretly working together, means that really they're only there again to boost business. So this could be something where your PCs might be really low level, so it's going to be hard for them to sneak around and do stuff, but they wanted that. <laughs> so they hired people to destroy the other person but they know you're probably going to fail at that and it's going to look better for them this is really good Mm -hmm. for an investigative party and even if you wanted to be a a bunch of murder hobos if you're told hey go destroy that other business in whatever way you want to do it you're going to get some some ghost town out of it all of a sudden my employees haven't been coming to work i don't know where they are maybe they're sick final lock in zombies (laughs) don't look behind the alley so i think we're at a point unless i'm wrong where we need to start introducing personal touches how we would run this 
because I introduced this, I would like to go last. So Emily or Isaac, would one of you like to go first? Alrighty. So how I would run this, it's very similar to kind of how I set it up. But uh, so Joanna and Michael, they do have a general store piece. However, their children are the ones who are trying to get their parents to join forces because together they realize that the brew that they have is actually better than their competitors once they join forces. And they can sell it to the Baron who has a contract either for the wedding, I like the timeline, or just he wants a contract because if he can get this locked in, nobody else can buy it from him. He'll have the best brew around. Can get him up and uh, rubbing elbows with the higher-ups because he's got a better brew. Yeah, schmoozing on the booze. Anyhow, Wally's World Import Emporium wants you to sabotage Joanne, but Joanne, being the spiteful woman that she is, actually hates Michael because he was never polite, never listened to her business ideas, so she wants you to sabotage Michael. And Michael's just over here being like, I'm just trying to survive, guys. I don't know what's going on. Like a guy. I mean, you, you said it. I didn't. But you can choose who and where to go with. I like the idea of giving each player something to work for. So maybe Joanne says, I'll give you a lifetime supply of all this refined sugar. And your players are like, okay, but I don't know what to do with that. But they realize that uh, Wally's World Import Emporium actually actually buys sugar for pretty high dollar. So if they sell it to him, they're like, how much do you buy sugar for? And he can be like, ah, forget sugar. I will give you gold and go sabotage them. So you give yes and you one up the previous person for the deals. So the players can be smart and be like, wait a second, I can double play people. I can go around. I can sell to him. I can buy that from her. And I can get everybody happy and on my side. So I like the idea of playing the field and being like, I will destroy everyone. I will get gold from this person Mm -hmm. and copper from this one and sugar from that one I can sell for gold. Uh, For me, I like the idea... Um, as a GM of playing off the idea that they are secretly friendly towards each other, that everything they do or say is all about attacking the other person, but they're actually friends. And so they've been working behind the scenes with each other, not necessarily nefarious means, but just it's better for business kind of thing. Um, I think about a lot of the social media now with the fast food companies, how they will just attack each other. If Wendy's goes after someone and then McDonald's goes after someone, they both get a boost in business because they both got their name in the paper. That kind of thing. It's not really actually intended. It's just mild boosts. So you get hired. You can have the party be hired by um, the Walden Company, whatever name we went with. Um, They get hired by by that company to go and destroy these two. When they get to town, find out about the contest, then the individual stores, Joanne's and Michael's, will hire them to prank the other person not with the intent of destroying but the intent of distracting enough to win the contest because at this point i think even with a friendly rivalry they'd want to prove they're the best if that's the only thing different about their stores that's the point of pride they want to win so this is where that cow prank because cows can't go downstairs so putting a cow in someone's office on the second floor means you're not getting rid of that cow anytime soon. Because <laughs> they don't go downstairs. Mm-hmm. So you're hired to do these pranks that are distracting, but your party is also told to be creative. So if you have a murder hobo party, they might accidentally kill off employees to slow them down. Whereas if you got a very investigative, they might kind of dig in like, what's the one thing we can get that's going to shut them down? Um, I would also offer a unique item for Michael's and Joanne's, something that the party can't get elsewhere. Because while the Walden Company might be offering them a kind of gold, they might get a deck of many things from Joanne's. 
Mm. And from Michael, they might get, say, like a, ro- a movable rod. Something really big and unique that they're not going to get elsewhere. So that way there, if they do side with one of the stores in town, they know they're getting something good out of it. But they're not getting paid by a main company, and that company might not like that. Because that could be a kind of rogue company that if you go against us, we hunt you down. Which would be very interesting to see. <laughs> I am... I'm I'm just trying to run through my head all the different kind of sets up like this I can think about from video games and stories. But the the I guess the one thing I do is what I'd like to see happen is make the player an actual player in the in the competition. So it's like, well, let's have a fourth party where I'm just going to steal the recipe and poison everyone else's and then it's kind of like, okay, the third party is thinking I'm on their side, but it's really, instead, I'm going to present my own bid and uh, just buy the town for myself. But that's as a player, and I don't exactly know how to put that into a player's mind without another NPC, but if I did another NPC, I'd have to kind of make that NPC have a stake in it to even suggest it. So that would be more up to the player's what you could do is have the players are sent in with a recipe to submit by the third-party company. So rather than destroying the other drinks, they're supposed to win for the Walden company. So they're sent in with the recipe they can use if they choose to. So it's more just that you win, not how you win in that situation? Yeah, and it could be something, too, that, you know, the imagine the very shady figure and, like, on a desk with the shadows across the face, like, how you do it does not matter. You have the tools at your disposal, and you've got a recipe you can use. You know you can just go in and kill them as long as it looks like it's not you. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're told to do whatever you want. They've given you something to use if you choose to. Because mm-hmm. you may have a party that has no idea how to make beer, because that's an actual skill in D&D. So if you don't know how to do that or don't want to pay someone to make it for you, you might not be able to use it. For me, my first immediate thought in terms of theming all of this goes to something like a Western town, because then you've got the whole idea of the duel that you have these kind of clapboard buildings that have been put together. For the husband and wife, I wouldn't make the stores be exactly the same. I would make them be different aspects of the, of the same thing. So similar to Joanne's and Michael's. With this, they would both be adventuring stores, but one of the adventurers is all about delving into dungeons and going in spelunking, and so you have all of those kind of tools. And the other one is maybe more about farming and or trying to develop out what you already have, right? And still include the drinks, still include the bar in the back, include all of that, but I would make the the buildings a little bit more different, just add more personality to each of the dwarves that work there. I do like Marie's idea of having them working well in the background. I think that that would be a great aspect to include, Mm -hmm. including a secret tunnel that goes underneath the street on both sides for them to be able to meet in the middle whenever the end of the day is done so that they can meet and then go their own separate ways so that nobody still knows who they are or where they're coming from. That also offers an interesting way of an in should you as as a GM want your players to be able to sneak into the building. I hadn't considered until you guys mentioned it, but I think personally for me, I want that third entity to be a big store in the town. I want that to be a big, new, beautiful building that has been put in that town 
that nobody really wanted there maybe is from somebody who moved away and came back to this town and has developed this massive store that they want to be the successful ones. And you can, for plot armor reasons, have them not like Michael and Joanne, but wanting them to win this contest, wanting them to win this competition, include a bit of a MacGuffin in there, perhaps either the, the, the reward for the competition besides just having your drink be the one taken back could be some one use potion. You could even have it where that's the item that the, the Walmart surrogate is offering the PCs as the drink of choice to send in, but he knows it's still going to get beaten out because it's just a potion Mm -hmm. or maybe use a potion as a cheat. But generally speaking, I, 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 for me, want this to be as lighthearted as possible. I don't want it to be super serious because I think the joy that comes out of this is the humor of having these analogs from our world in a fantasy world. So having a Michael and a Joanne and a General Wally that works in the in the import game, but it's always cheap imports. You know, it's none none of the really good stuff. That's what Joanne and Michael have been working on this entire time. It's all homemade goods that they do. <laughs> Keeping it lighthearted and introducing as many other analogs from the real world as as you possibly can would be perfect. Trying to think which other ones you could do. Because you could have the restaurants in town be McDonald's. Tarbuckle's energy drinks. Have a um, cow company that is the the queen of dairy. The queen of dairy, Or just find like an outlet mall with like an outdoor outlet mall and like pick one from a famous city and make that your town map. (laughs) And then just fill the it in however you want. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> um, like the plains in Kansas City, they they have a really intricate, like street setup style outdoor mall, and it's boring because I don't like malls. Hmm. But it'd be fun to do. It'd it's like, like an outlet mall. Yeah, like Firewheel yeah. out here. Or Firewheel. Oh yeah, Firewheel. Yeah. yeah. I'm honestly surprised you didn't connect this to your world that you were building. <laughs> I uh, that's an indoor store. But more, more to come, more to come. Last time we brought it up, I actually censored it out of the episode. And really? it's kind of interesting. And then I just cut that whole thing out instead. The thing that <laughs> I will not bring up that people will find out about over time. Yeah. One Listen day, to that sizzle. Day. You hear that sizzle in the background? Yeah. We'll, we'll see if I, I'll probably include it this time. Huh? We'll see. Okay. But that, I think for me, that's, that's where I would end. Most of what we brought up is, is where I would go with it. Try to keep it lighthearted. Don't make it too heavy investigatory if you can with a little bit of intrigue if it really needs to devolve hey every fantasy world needs another ghost town so (laughs) this is definitely a nice one that your players can lead it to that you can give them the very basics of destroy this whoever they decide to destroy the other people and just whatever they decide to do one thing i will include in this that i i did not think to do now anytime you're doing a timed game you need to decide in advance what are going to be the order of things that happen if the PCs choose not to get involved or choose not to go somewhere. And and I cannot take credit for this. I know most of this is from one of the, the game systems I use out there that's Monster of the Week. And I know that's all powered by the apocalypse. I'm not sure if they do it elsewhere. But decide in advance three, maybe four, five at most, things that are going to occur in a row if the PCs choose not to get involved, choose not to do something with this whole deal. And if they choose not to get involved, let it happen. Let that be the thing that drives the story forward because then it's still player driven. 
I like that as a player because I, if apathy sets in for a character, I just let it happen and say that's how the character would react. That helps me to act. So, yes, please. When, whenever you guys run this and I'm a player, do that. <laughs> We're going to give you a recipe for a poison drink, and you have to switch yes. that recipe with everyone else. <laughs> well, if I'm playing a murder hobo, I'm going to go give that instead to the baron of the town and then just take over somehow because... That, yeah. I'd probably... That's your goal in every game. How do I buy the town? <laughs> <laughs> Towns yes. are easy to buy when there's no one there left to say don't buy it. Hence why I say every group, every group needs another ghost town. One that they cost. Although in fantasy, that could be a literal ghost yeah, town. That's, yeah, that's other problems. That right would there. be last man standing. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it would. Who are you going to call? <laughs> I think that has been a full blank scenario. A very well done one. Yep, yep. Well, let us know if you run it and how what your players end up doing. Ultimately, if they kill everyone or if they actually destroy the town otherwise. I'm so proud of our fans. <laughs> and until next time, we'll see you later. I will add into this. I know we all have been considering as a group potentially running some of these for you as the fans, not for you to play in <laughs> yet, um, <laughs> but Disney running, running for you guys as the fans to be able to see uh, how these could actually play out. Let us know. We've got Facebook. We've got Twitter. We've got Patreon. Spam us. Let us know because we would love to run one of these just as much as you do. I already ended the episode technically, so this is on y'all now. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> ba -da 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 -da. Hello. Bob Spuds here on the scene once again reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some taut tension full truly terrifying tales of terror. <laughs> Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder, if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy. <laughs>